In a world of chaos, there's very few things that are certain. You can only earn based on the amount of value you contribute to the market. 100%. Uh, your honest, I guess, opinion and experience on uh, consuming psychedelics and how it's, how it's changed your perspective upon everything that you do. Yeah, not even having a pen and a piece of paper and sleeping on, not even on a mattress, but you would sleep on the floor and you would have 14 hours of meditation a day, uh, vegetarian food that was cooked by other volunteers there mm. that were part of the program, but they were at their second go. Would you, I'm just curious about your answer, would you say that psychedelics are for everybody? The worst mental place I've been is actually was very much coincided to shortly after when I started my business. Um, I was in a relationship that proved to be very toxic for me and I left very disappointed and it broke my heart, man. I was a very romantic guy and had very no romantic notions about life. Still, you don't, a healthy relationship doesn't mean that you put yourself second. I think your partner wants you to put yourself first, especially as a man. Because if you yeah. don't lead by example, that person is not gonna take your advice, like never. One of my favorite mantras in life is like that you're under no obligation to be the same person that you were five minutes ago. And he's definitely not the same person he was at the time of recording this because this man is constantly learning and evolving. He's been reading between 50 and 60 books per year for the past few years now and he went from graduating law school in Essex in 2017 to becoming a self-taught digital marketing agency owner. All of this happened after he opened an NGO with a few friends and raised 20k uh, of pounds for orphanages in Romania. Radu is an awesome guy and look guys, I'm not just saying this because he's my friend. We talk about the mindset that fresh graduates should have when looking for jobs. Uh, we also touch upon the profound psychedelic experience that changes Radu uh, reality for the good, how his breakup led him through a very dark time which helped him come up to some harsh realizations that shaped him. Oh, and we also talk about the 14 days meditation retreat he attended where he'd meditate for 12 hours a day and have nothing else to do and much more guys this is an awesome awesome conversation and it's an off it's an official episode because it's the first ever uh, podcast episode that we do in person uh, Radu and Bogdan both came to my place and we recorded this the last month so yeah without further ado ladies and gentlemen Radu Adrian you are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week we bring you an inspiring guest, stories and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to The Grateful Show. I hope you guys are doing amazing because today we have no one other than Radu on the podcast. How is it going brother? Hi guys, super. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so grateful for the invitation and yeah, thanks for having me. And for the people who don't know, actually today's day it's uh, Radu's birthday, so uh, happy birthday thanks. man. Thanks guys. Right, just to break the ice, Radu, uh, what are you grateful for today? 
uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for friends that I have around me. I'm grateful for the friends that inspire me to always do more and do better, guys like you. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for today and almost every day. I try to keep that in mind. Awesome. Very powerful. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, for our audience to like get a clear understanding on who you are and how you came to be where you are now, can you give us like a brief introduction in who Radu is? Yeah, sure. So I'm just a normal guy. I uh, graduated from law school in Essex uh, in 2017. Um, I moved to London after my graduation and started an NGO with a few friends. It mm -hmm. was a uh, charity uh, which tried to uh, promote European cultural values and education, moral and spiritual enlightenment. And it also had a social component to it because we wanted to bring accessible education tools to underprivileged areas in Romania, such as orphanages mm -hmm. and yeah so when I, we realize that nowadays there's certain areas when the internet is such a big thing and kids don't have access to internet in Romania and they grow up without parents mm. and it's already hard for them yeah. and you know it, that, that makes it very hard for them to break into the market and do something good with their lives so uh, we had an ambitious target to raise uh, 20,000 pounds for charity to bring computers and internet equipment and devices to certain orphanages in Romania. I was in charge of the executive committee and the media and fundraising strategy for the charity. Um, after doing that, it gave me a lot of courage because I realized just how powerful the internet is. And I realized that I have... Uh, um, I have certain skills in this area which I can apply and about one, one and a half years later I founded Gazelle Media which is a digital media marketing agency um, and what I do now is uh, I'm a growth consultant so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what we focus on is helping business owners drive their vision for growth into reality uh, and growth is not just the uh, revenue side of things but all the mental aspects that are required to, for you to govern a business efficiently um, and of course all the other sort of systems, mm -hmm. tactics, yeah. strategy in place. So in short, that's who I am and what I do. Brilliant. Awesome. I just want to touch just a bit on the fact that basically you were in law school yeah. uh, in England and suddenly you just decided to like go into this whole digital marketing space. So yeah. What was the reason behind that? So, as I said, what first gave me courage was the fact that we've successfully made this campaign viral. Yeah, of course. Uh, raising £20,000 for charity, I thought, was such a big thing at the yeah. time uh, with a few viral videos and stuff like that. And we were actually in Stratford uh, working on this sort of symbol, which is the Marzi Shore. You guys know mm -hmm. very well. It's a cultural symbol in Romania. And we have a very big community there. It's a symbol that unites Romanians, Bulgarians, all sorts of Eastern European and Balkan mm -hmm. countries. Mm -hmm. And we went around and started giving Mercy Shores, starting raising awareness mm. for our cause. And uh, a lot of people were super excited for it and contributed. And I just realized the power of the internet and how it can really impact things at a much larger scale than I could do alone as a lawyer, mm, where you would mm -hmm. have to work sort of case by case and yeah. grind against the system. And, you know, the only change you were going to make if you're lucky enough was if you get to the court of appeal. Yeah. Or so for you, it was more like you realized that through kind of forgetting about law for the time being, mm -hmm. you would have a greater impact because for yeah. a lot of people that drop out of uni and take pride into it, 
to actually either enjoy that in the first place but for you you were you were actually enjoying law mm -hmm. and as i know you you're doing quite well yeah. uh but it was the fact that you realized actually this would help me uh impact more lives in a shorter amount of time uh yeah so basically that was about it um in uni i was one of the best students in uni not to brag uh, it was just after I graduated, I went into a master's and I dropped out of my master's. Okay. So I was always like, you know, actually I've, I've done my part. Yeah. I think yeah. I've done enough. I yeah. want to get out there and help and just try and find out, you know, what's my life's purpose mm -hmm. and what's my mission. Yeah. So, um, and that was uh, that was what made me, yeah, it was about impact. I thought I could do a much better job. I wouldn't have thought so if I had not tried this charity yeah, thing with my friends, yeah. because I had no idea we can raise 20,000 pounds just by giving a token of kindness to people and people would be so encouraging of us. We were called at the Romanian embassy in London and got prizes for mm. our initiatives and all that. And I was like, wow, you can do a lot with just a few videos, you know, with the right type of communication yeah. and just showing up. Yeah. Just to go a little bit back in time, because you said that you uh, have studied law, what was the first reason why you got into law? I mean, mm -hmm. the background. Yeah, so about law, I've always thought that it's a universally applicable thing. Mm. So uh, it's it's um, I've always been an avid self-learner. Uh, I have broad interests ranging from psychology, mm -hmm. sociology, and business, economy, mm. and all that. But at the end of the day, the world, I think, is governed by laws. There are yeah. natural laws, yeah. mm. laws of the universe, laws given by men and women to govern men and women. And I think at the end of the day, when you draw the line, if you are aware of... Because in a world of chaos, there's very few things that are certain. And when you draw the line, the laws that we play by, universal or otherwise... Hey, sorry to interrupt right here, guys, but if you're enjoying this podcast with Radu, Please bear in mind that this is just getting started. This conversation was absolutely a gem. And uh, if you can, please take a screenshot of your timestamp whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening, really on iTunes or Spotify. Just take a screenshot and post it on your IG stories. Tag us at Grateful Show and also tag Radu at It's Real Rats. You've got his Instagram handle in the bio below. And with that said, back to the podcast. Those are the rules we all play by. So mm -hmm. if you know those rules, at least it gives you a foundation of order and mm -hmm. what to do next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I'm just curious if you wouldn't be doing what you are doing right now. I mean, with the business, would you enjoy still being into this law industry? To be very honest with you, no, I don't think so. That's what discouraged mm -hmm. me in my master's. Um, when I started, because obviously when you start into law, you just do the broad things. Mm, when yeah. I went to do my master's, I picked a niche. So it was sports law because mm. I, I was a professional athlete and I thought I'd get by with, with athletes and mm. all that. But going into that niche and realizing, for example, I'm a big football fan. Mm. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm a big football fan. Shout out to Man United mm. and all supporters out there. Um, and I started reading and reading about how the world of football is governed and all the FIFA corruption and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And going to networking events with really big people in the industry and people pretending that everything's fine. Yeah. And they they seem sort of apathetic to change. They were like, yeah, that's how we've been always doing things yeah. and there's mm. not a lot of need for change. But when you read the cases and everything, you were like, 
no, this is ain't this isn't right. We have slaves working in Qatar on stadiums, and we don't make a urgent priority out of it. We just make a philosophical debate, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example. Mm. And yeah, back to your question, that's what really frustrated me. Essentially, I I I think the industry was pretending that things were okay mm. and that we're doing such a noble thing when in reality we weren't doing much to actually make a change. Yeah. Awesome. And if you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now, what else would you like to do? I mean, I'm a simple guy. I, w- I would just love to be able to read all day and <laughs> just uh, accumulate infinite knowledge. But we know it doesn't work that way yeah. in practice. You got to apply it as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I, I, I wouldn't imagine myself, at least right now, I wouldn't imagine myself doing anything other than what I'm doing now because I get to work people and I get, I get to see them grow. Mm. I get to see them grow every day, uh, my clients and their businesses. And I really do believe that I don't know them all. I'm, I'm humble that way. And I can't really make the change I want alone. So the only way I can really make an impact is by make, helping others make mm-hmm. an impact as well. So I try to work with clients with which I believe in their mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to spread the word out there because I believe in their product or service that it makes other people's lives easier and mm-hmm. better. And there's nothing more rewarding yeah, to it's me very than noble. That. And yeah. would you see yourself doing that into the future as well? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, it's the, one of those things uh, that I would see myself doing mm. because, I mean, my sort of secret mission, well, it's more of a dream. I, I want to make an impact in reforming the education system. I think the education system... In what that, way? Uh, do things differently and update it. I think our education system is outdated. historic. Yeah, very yeah. I mean, look at the internet, man. It's such a big thing nowadays and we don't learn anything about the internet. You know, we have all these discussions about privacy and where do we draw the line and all that, but we're not taught in school like how to protect yeah. our identity online. Yeah. The fact that you can make an online business and you don't necessarily, or you can educate yourself online. For example, I'm very much against the fact that Harvard still charges you full tuition fee for an online course, basically, because I could understand the value when you actually went to Harvard. And of course, yeah. Part of, you know, you know, you've been to uni as well. Part of it is the experience and yeah. the people that you get mm-hmm, to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now it's just like an online course, like any other. So you look at Skillshare, you look at Udemy yep. and other places that you can get basically the, the same education. And Talking about education and what has happened last year, would you say that this is the beginning of the end for like universities overall? Because of of course that they still been keeping their degrees. Like I lo- I know a lot of students that was were basically forced to take their exams from home and like study from home, go to the lectures from the from their laptop. Do you think this is going to be the future? Like. Will those people actually wake up and be like, hold on a second, if I'm not getting anything out of it, just some theory that I can literally find online, what's the point in paying 30 grand, uh, which is like a fortunate case for us in Europe. When you can uh, pay 10 pounds on Skillshare monthly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very good question. And I think that's a question that all of us should be asking ourselves, especially if you're at that point in life where you're thinking, what am I going to do mm, when yeah. I just graduated from high school? What am I going to do? I actually made a post about that last week because I started thinking about that theme more in depth myself. Um, and yeah, if you're 18, listen, man, I think I think it's already ludicrous the fact that we have 
at 18 uh, years of age, we sort of have to pick something exactly. that we're supposedly we're going to do for the rest of yeah. our life. Yeah, I think crazy. that's insane yeah. because we don't know, like, we don't know our heads from our asses at that age. Mm. I, I look back at 18 year old me. I had no clue who I was. I just had sort of some romantic ideas about mm -hmm. what life is mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. about how law would be and all, all that type of thing. So really, I think the question that we should all be asking ourselves is this. Yeah, sure. You have certain cases where let's say you want to be a doctor or a heart surgeon or even yeah. a, a, a lawyer, lawyer, like you said, yeah. uh, you know, where if you realize that's what you want to do, you need that sort of professional mm -hmm. education yeah. because it's a very deep subject and you need competent 100% competent people because a brain surgeon can't afford to fuck mm. up a brain surgery, mm. you know, but if you, if you, first of all, if you don't know what you're doing or what you want to do, I think you should go out there and try different things first and then maybe decide you're going to go to uni to study that thing. Let's say you, you do design and you do a bit of video and whatever you do and you realize you don't like either of them or and you want to go for a third option or maybe you really like graphic design mm -hmm, and you want to mm -hmm, take that further mm -hmm. then that's i think when you should actually consider furthering your i completely agree with you but i think the problem right now especially in countries like romania at least uh is the fact that teenagers because I, I can't call them adults so like 20 yeah. 21 once they graduate, they expect uh, an employer to be able to like give them a medium salary and go into that job and like be trained, uh, learn all the skills. Because basically, once they jump out of university doors, they really don't know anything about real life situations or like about because business. Because they just learned like something which is very yeah, broad, like, yeah, so very general. Like from your point of view, because you're basically working, you have your own team. How do you see this changing in the future, and how would how should students approach, let's say, employees, and how should they think about their, let's say three to four years after they graduate what should they be focusing on because they they think they know it all they already got a degree i mean i should be yeah. i should be getting a decent job with that degree yeah i mean that's an awesome question it's a perfect addendum to what i've been saying so far uh yeah in my experience ever since i started working with a team and recruiting i recruit mainly young people i work with because digital marketing is a fresh breath yeah. and of course you're gonna work with people who grew up with phones in their hands and uh, all that um, and I've mostly had great experiences with hiring young people because I if you I think if you get the right people they're also as hungry and they share your ambitions uh, and they want to help uh, I've also had experiences where I would get uh, students with masters in communications and marketing and quite frankly I had no masters in marketing yeah. or anything everything I've done was self-taught um, and I think they were quite under par and unrealistic and how they would uh, think this uh, this world works. And um, yeah, I think the best way to approach that is have humility. Like I know I'm a self learner. I know I don't know them all. That's why I surround myself with people that have different expertise than I do. And I listen to them and I listen a lot. I value that expertise. Um, and I think you have to have the humili humility to understand that life is a journey of learning so no matter yeah. where you are in life you can still learn you can still improve your craft you don't have all the answers and even when you think you do you might be proven wrong so you have to be flexible to understand that you can always change and improve how you're doing things so that's my advice for students when you go out there into the job market just 
be humble and be willing to learn as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And don't get a job just for getting a job. I would say try and find teams and people that you really enjoy working with. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, we spend more time at work than with our families. Oh, definitely. So it's a very... And I think uh, uh, I totally agree. And one thing to add on that for our people listening or watching is the fact that probably one of the most important things when going the job route especially if you are thinking of of opening your own thing later down the line is to be coachable and what that means is basically try to learn as much as possible Mm -hmm. as you said from the people that are way better than you because if you go into that job like with that whole self-entitlement pose and you're like yeah whatever I'm here to be paid uh, you're not gonna get far like yeah you might be paid your pay salary but you're not gonna learn very much from that job position I think that is the mindset as well because it's like like as parents parents just tell and all the society and the culture just tell kids that they have to go into a college in order to actually get a good job and that's the mentality behind that kid basically you can say because that's why he or she will have the expectation after graduating to have like a really good job yeah it's a conditioning which is not the case yeah, yeah part and, of it is what you say especially in countries eastern european yeah. countries for us it's like the culture of pressure yeah. of going yeah. to uni uh, is huge like uh, even after i finished law school for example and i told my parents i want to start my own business they were like and, what the fuck? yeah and my <laughs> parents were like entrepreneurs they had their own business for 20, 25 <laughs> wow. years and they were like are you sure you want to do this this is so risky mm. and all that my dad dropped out of uni without even getting his degree and mm. he was like oh how can you do that i can't believe it and all that i was like dad chill i got my degree worst yeah. case scenario i can mm. go back to doing that so i can take that risk and uh, yeah, about what you said, uh, uh, Dragosh, yeah, it's a lot of it is conditioning, a lot of it is, and yeah, that's the number one thing, man, be coachable, be coachable, be willing to listen um, to how other people do things and perceive things, <coughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think it goes back to the laws that we were discussing with, yeah, the laws yeah. of the market, yeah. you can only earn based on the amount of value you contribute to the market, 100%. so if you are aware, so I think the entitlement comes from people who aren't aware of that law, mm-hmm. that you don't deserve it, mm-hmm. you're not entitled, it's yeah. about bringing value, and if someone yeah. really perceives that that's worth that X amount of money, uh, because it saves them X amount of time, or it brings mm-hmm. them Y mm-hmm. result, uh, then definitely, but otherwise you don't res- deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for any entrepreneur, especially at the beginning, of course, I have to look at my cash flow every month and really decide, like, are, are we bringing enough value to our clients yeah. to justify what we get paid, yeah. first of all? And second of all, is my team performing at a, a decent level? Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it worth my money as well? Because Definitely. I make a lot of sacrifices. You know, I made a lot of sacrifices in the first two years of starting my business. Um, and... Of course, sometimes you think like I would be better off just, you know, taking a three month sabbatical and just read rather than pay people and with them having the notion of I just need to punch a, a clock. Yeah, yeah. You know, for audience listening now, not to brag about Radu, but he's one of those people that would basically give himself close to no salary just to be able to like yeah. pay his people, the people that uh, uh, he's basically employing. Um, And I also wanted to point out a statement that I came across like two weeks ago or something and it was very simple and like very powerful It was something like if you want to earn more money 
serve solve bigger problems yeah. or solve more problems yeah the bigger the problem is and you are able to solve it of course you're going to be rewarded for yeah. that that's the value uh, yeah. transaction basically and don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily really, no, i mean sure. just do the things that you have to do and i feel like most of the problems almost not necessarily teenagers or people who just graduate it's procrastination because they yeah. just like waste a lot of time doing unnecessary stuff i mean the more productive you are and the more you are willing to learn in order to apply it in your job or business or whatever the more i think the thing with them of course is the age but it's also the lack of clarity mm. because yeah. even if they would want to do something they're like yeah but starting that seems like so difficult starting yeah. this seems like so risky and like for them when they are 18 19 when everyone around them is either chilling or partying or like only just listening to music yeah. and that is kind they, of they difficult. just feel like why would i do it if yeah. everyone else is yeah, just not doing it's it it's hard to yeah. find yeah. that support as well the support network yeah a lot of it is very good point dragash uh, a lot of it comes from a lack of cr clarity i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh you're much more likely to procrastinate when you don't know exactly why it is what you're doing what you're doing um, so if you've got the passion for something, I think you're less likely to procrastinate. Yeah. And yeah, in terms of support network, um, I think people should realize that the internet has democratized the access to support. So yeah, it's just a, a way of changing our mindset about how we approach things. So when I don't know something, I need to educate myself. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always courses out there. Uh, there's free content. There's so much free content. So if you just follow 10 people in your niche, which you know are the OGs of that thing, that's your support network. You know, that's where you start looking first. And um, yeah, I think you, you got to surround yourself with people who inspire you at the end of the day. You need five people mm, around you. Exactly. I think it all comes down to like actually having the awareness and the open-mindedness mm -hmm. about any subject whatsoever. Because like, of course, when you are like yes i want to like learn more about let's say medicine you gotta be open enough to accept all the opinions online all mm. the opinions like all the different experiences from like different courses and i think it all comes down to like really really being very open-minded as and receptive uh it's like similar to being coachable mm. you just have to like take as much as you can in and then try to understand what could apply to you and all that and i think it's a very good point to actually uh, dive in a, a different subject when it comes to being open-minded and I want you to give us uh, uh, your honest I guess opinion and experience on uh, consuming psychedelics and how it's how it's changed your perspective upon everything that you do okay yeah let's go into the rabbit hole guys with this one like you know my story a bit yeah um, you know that the moment that when I started making all these changes and sort of breaking away from the old ways of doing things my yeah. parents conditioning who told me mm -hmm. you need to get a good degree get a good job as a lawyer and you know basically practice role for the rest of your life because you get like nice brownie points in terms of your ego um, and yeah after my uh, first psychedelic experience uh, well, wow, that, that changed things, really. That changed how I think about things. Uh, and my honest opinion uh, is this. First of all, I want to say that it's always about doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, people, especially young people, who consume all sorts of substances. Just because it's cool, right? Just because it's yeah. cool. Yeah. And let's do it with friends. And they don't have an objective in mind. Or but that's not with psychedelics, I guess. 
it's also with that yeah. I mean happens I, with all of them yeah I know I know a lot of people who just do it for the shits and giggles mm. and there's you know you have an entourage of I've heard about you know parties with like six to eight people who would like uh, roll acid or stuff like that mm. and I don't think that's a good f- that doesn't make for a good first experience no. definitely not mm. you can so the way we've done it actually was a more schol- uh, scholarship approach like scholar approach where we started reading books like you know Terence McKenna mm-hmm. Adam Watts mm-hmm. all these people who researched into it yeah. and before even considering doing it we went yeah. behind with the science and how it's done and we came to this very popular thing i guess in the psychedelic community is like set and setting which is really the foundation of every time i would dive into that because it's such a profound experience it's so important that you have the right set around you so it's like the environment is your house clean do you feel well and where you are and also setting so inside are you in a good place Mm. mentally spiritually emotionally because quite honestly this can fuck you up really bad so my honest opinion is, you know, the system's trying to tell us, like, there's always this big marketing and communication strategy around drugs, the anti-drug campaign, which is like, drugs equal loser. If you take drugs, you're a loser. And especially in conservative countries like Romania, that's number one thing. Oh, when when you try to talk about drugs, people don't even want to hear the yeah. science. They just say, oh, you're a loser for even thinking about yeah. it. Whereas what I think has changed now is like you got people like Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, Aubrey Marcus, all of them hugely successful guys openly advocating for research in this area. So they're not endorsing consumption or anything. They're endorsing like, why shouldn't we look more into this? And okay, they did come out publicly and say, we had experiences with yeah. psychedelics. Mm, yeah. And Joe Rogan isn't a loser. Tim Ferriss isn't mm, a loser. Yeah. He's actually a role model for yeah. so many people, young people out there. And when they came out and said, yeah, we've tried it. I think it changes people's lives, but don't take our word for it. Let's look more into it. Let's finance research instead of financing big pharma to give you antidepressants and all yeah, that of stuff. Course. Even Jordan, sorry to interrupt you, even Jordan Peterson himself, I think he was asked on Brian Rose's podcast. Yeah. And What's his opinion, right? Yeah, and and he Brian said he was, didn't take him, but it's another. Yeah, he was like, I don't really want to give my opinion, but one thing is for sure: uh, the psychedelics have the capacity of teaching us things about consciousness that we would never even consider possible or real or whatever. And so. in a way, I mean, we can understand why they are not legal because like you have said most of the people are taking them just for the sake of having fun or for the sake of having another experience but you have to put in some work before you are doing everything like any other drug and would you i'm just curious about your answer would you say that psychedelics are for everybody i mean definitely they're not for everybody uh because you really need to be in a good place, first of all. Mm. I wouldn't do it without guidance at the beginning. I mean, of course, you know, there's courageous people like yeah. me who really, mm. if you don't mind, if that you're that type of person who doesn't mind diving into your subconscious and you're aware of the fact that you can really face some dark shit out there and you're put in front of your fears and your demons and you don't flinch about that, then 
Sure. I mean, I don't have as big a responsibility as Dr. Jordan Peterson has because I can yeah. understand where he's coming from, where he's reluctant mm. to comment on that because yeah. a lot of people look mm. out, up to of him. Course, of course. So yeah. he has to be cautious about how he communicates about this and everything. So all I can say is from my personal experience, I've had bad experiences with it as well. And in those moments, I wish I had the right guidance. I had to guide it all myself. Um, but at the same time, it just opened this whole new mm. world um, to you where sort of all those limiting beliefs that you've had before they're sort of blown away and you just start to realize just that what you can do in this life is not limited would you say uh, and with this one I just want to kind of wrap the subject and move on but would you say that psychedelics in general uh, have the potential to sort of empower us whilst alcohol and narcotics have basically they don't have the capacity they truly do numbers yeah. overall when we consume alcohol 100% agreed man like uh, I talk to my mother sometimes and people from my mother's generation and that's the number one thing I bring to them I was like what about alcohol guys yeah. Yeah. I've seen the worst of people they were on alcohol like I've never had uh, bad experiences with bad people that were sort of this sort of psychonaut type or no they're actually more less harmful man when you when you smoke weed you don't feel like you know messing shit up yeah. you're just like chill you yeah. know sometimes you're even locked to the couch whereas alcohol i've seen the worst in my parents i've seen the worst in people around in uni and everything and alcohol is intoxicating it actually does more damage i think in my opinion alcohol is more harmful and that's the debate we should be having mm -hmm. if alcohol is legal and it doesn't really open the only thing is it makes you a bit more ballsy in your approach but it yeah. doesn't really open the doors of perception and no, not at all. what you think you can achieve so that's why we should look into it at least rather than antidepressants i mean I've tried antidepressants before, and I think if, if your psychologist recommends that you should uh, take them, you should. But why not look into the natural stuff? Like, okay, mm -hmm, the forget, holistic. Yeah, forget mm -hmm. acid for, uh, for a bit and talk about psilocybin. They're mushrooms, man. They're yeah. in nature. Ayahuasca, yeah. it's been in nature. And so. it's not done for like 50 years, yeah. it's done for like thousands of yeah, years. Exactly. And their studies like show that the only drug which is more harmful than alcohol is cocaine. So yeah. the others are just like less less yeah, harmful maybe heroin, exactly yeah. exactly and uh, just to wrap things up you have said that uh, let's say psychedelics in general i mean you should take them if you are in a good place but can you please dive a little bit into what the good place mean more exactly because I, we would yeah. encourage people to take psychedelics if they are in a good place but what does a good place mean so, yeah, I, I know how that can seem as like sort of reserved, but no, what I actually meant about that, being in a good place means being willing to change and nothing more. Mm -hmm. Like You can be depressed. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was super depressed before my first trip. I was super depressed and it that actually got me out of it, man, because mm -hmm. it was like, wow. look how powerful you are actually. Mm -hmm. Look who you are, how much you can achieve. You're just... You're just a beat, beat down by the system and your confidence yeah. has been shaken up a bit, but you're more powerful than you realize. Mm. So a good place means just like embracing change because one thing I can guarantee to anyone who's even considering and doing this for the first time, your life's not going to be the same. So Never. You, you have to be ready to change. So like I was, I thought I was going to be a great lawyer. That's what I thought I was going to do. And it 
it took me about before this uh, I was three months I was super depressed because I wanted to give up on my masters but there was also a voice inside of my head like my parents and all that I was like what are your friends gonna think about it was your ego most yeah probably. in your ego yeah, yeah for sure because I was like they're gonna think I'm a dropout that I actually couldn't hack it in yeah. my masters and all yeah. that uh, and the message that I got was like you why know, would you care yeah uh, and just do what makes you happy exactly <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. otherwise you're just gonna be miserable and if if you want to do well like you have to be in a good place to help people around you so you gotta be ready to change because otherwise if you think you're gonna be the same after it uh, you're in for a hell of a ride <laughs> definitely <laughs> Radu talking about being happy what would you say would be your personal f- top three things for people to live happier lives overall mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, first of all, a quiet mind. Mm-hmm. So how like, can they achieve that? Man, I, I, I mean, it's just, I don't think you can achieve that entirely yeah. unless yeah. So you're like yeah. the Buddha or something, but there are small daily practices like meditation, mm, which really yeah. helps you mm-hmm. bring that awareness to the moment. So a quiet mind, because we got so much noise nowadays, man, we got phones buzzing. We got people wanting you to do X with them, like your friends, like you said, they want to take you clubbing, mm, but yeah. you're like, but I just started my business, so I need yeah. to study. I oh, come on, let's have fun. <laughs> yeah, come on, it's just one night. Yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're that person who gets easily swayed around by noise, there you probably have a lot of noise inside your head as well. So that's number one for happiness. You need a quiet mind and try to find that authentic voice inside of you. Um, that's one thing. I would say healthy habits. So sports has been a major part in my lifestyle especially throughout uni when in uni in my last year of uni I was working three jobs and I was doing bodybuilding as well and trying to get jobs in like super big law firms and all that looking back on it man I think it was insane like I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve (laughs) that level of energy yeah um and I think what's kept me was like this solid discipline and routine that sports gave me and the energy so Definitely, that's the sec- one of the secrets to doing mm. a lot. And lastly, like not last but not least, actually, is like what your show is all about, man. Gratefulness. Like, you need to be grateful. Think about yourself. Give yourself perspective. Think about yourself five years from now and where you are, and just you're gonna be like, wow, yeah, I'm a totally different person. I've done things that I didn't thought were possible and all that. So if you get that perspective and being grateful for what you're always doing to and acknowledge yourself, yourself right? Yeah, yeah. we don't do it often enough. We don't do it often enough, man. It's uh, We beat ourselves like horses trying to work and work constantly. And we'd never stop to give ourselves a pat on the back and be like, wow, Radu, look, one year ago you were there and you were barely making ends meet, ends meet and now you're here and like... No, when you're here, you're like, oh, I need to, what's the next step and do yeah, more. But when you yeah. stop and be like, yeah, dude, you should be grateful. You met some awesome people along the way. You know, um, you've done a lot of things that you, didn't, you thought were impossible and just be grateful for that. Definitely. That so to recap for you guys listening and watching, first is quiet your mind. Second is find healthy habits, especially exercising. And the third one is basically... Uh, living from a place of gratitude, of acknowledgement, of uh, thankfulness towards yourself and towards everything that is happening in your life. And taking it to the other side, I was just curious uh, because we were talking about happiness, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, what was the worst mental place you have ever been and what have you done to get out of it? 
Yeah, that's a big one, man. I mean, um, the worst mental place I've been, it's actually was very much coincided to shortly after when I started my business. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a relationship that proved to be very toxic for me and I left very disappointed and it broke my heart, man. I was a very romantic guy and had very no romantic notions about life. And yeah, that was, I would say, all of that plus trying to make a business work because at the beginning, let's face it, we all start just, we're just the face behind the logo. Uh, is positioning myself as an agency, but I was a one-man show, you know? Uh, and having to do that, pay rent, while having to break up with my girlfriend, and, you know, we lived together for a bit, and it was very tough on me, uh, that period of my life. Uh, so that was the darkest place. I, I don't want to go into too much specific why that happened, but it was the darkest, what would darkest you, place. What would you say was the biggest lesson from that experience be true to yourself man mm. be true to yourself so you weren't at that moment yeah i think i wasn't because uh i gave up a lot a, a lot of ground and uh, put myself second mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if you're for all the guys out there listening i think it's the biggest mistake you can do and even like if you've got a good and healthy relationship still you don't a healthy relationship doesn't mean that you put yourself second i think your partner wants you to put yourself first especially as a man she wants you to achieve she wants you to be happy about what you do and your purpose in life that's what girls want they don't want someone who just follows uh, and sort of uh, is driven around by the wind and uh, winds of change in life no mm -hmm, they need mm -hmm. that manly and grounded presence and someone that they can rely on in harsh circumstances so you can only achieve that if you're true to yourself and what drives you uh and don't don't think about conceding things that you would like to do just to make your partner happy mm -hmm. a lot of people think uh yeah especially in romantic relationships but like in relationships in general they think that if the other person is happy, I'm going to be happy as well. Yeah. Like mm. it, my job is just to make yeah. themselves happy. No, your job first and foremost is to make yeah. yourself happy. And it, it's like the same with everything. Like when someone tries to help their, uh, I don't know, smaller brother or like other yeah. friend, they're like, I, I really want to help them. Like I really want to guide them. Yes. But you got to start with yourself because if you yeah. don't lead by example, that person is not going to take your advice. Like never. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Jordan Peterson said, man, you know, you got to be treat yourself like someone that's worth helping. And mm -hmm. it starts with you. You can't take care. Uh, nowadays, like he said, we take care, more care about our dogs and our cats than our, yeah. our own health. And at the end of the day, uh, this one's from Aubrey Marcus, actually. He, he, this quote I really love is like to to be fit for service. First of all, you have to. You have to know how to help yourself. So um, that's the first thing. If you if you don't know how to help yourself first, how are you gonna help anyone else? Yeah, and like Jordan Peterson said, because you have mentioned him, take care of yourself like you have taken care of somebody else. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. it's the same on planes. Whenever they are making that whole uh, induction for yeah. like yeah. Uh, for like safety measures, whenever like some something happens, you have to put your own mask first and then help the mm -hmm. others. Yeah. It's the same in life. And that's the thing, man. Yeah, the, that was what I got wrong in my relationship there, and I was always trying to make my partner happy rather than mm. putting your like you said, put your oxygen mask on yep. first because if the plane crashes and you don't have your vest on you're gonna drown 
uh, how are you gonna save someone else from drowning if you if you're already drowning yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so that's a perfect metaphor for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Right. So. What's one thing right now that you really want to change to yourself? I wouldn't change much about myself right now. Um, it's not that I don't want to or anything. I I just I'm always open to change. I guess like I think. Uh, one of my favorite mantras in life is like that you're under no obligation to be the same person that you were five minutes ago. Wow. So that just goes to illustrate that you can always change, man. There's nothing tying you to uh, that obligation. Of course, other you made a promise. Yeah, stick to your promises yeah. and all that. But uh, you're under no obligation to be the same person that you were five minutes ago. And that means that you are always ready to embrace change. That's why I don't make a big fuss about changing per se. I just let life and the problems that I sell, uh, I, I, I encounter, I just let those problems talk to me and show me the way of the things in my life that I need to do better. So if I'm super busy in my business, there was one point where I didn't have time for anything, man. I forget to eat and, you know, shower and all that. And you just work all day. Um, Places like that, you know, you're like, well, you, you should just do these these things first. Like, what what's wrong? You 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 think about like, hold on, take a step back, breathe, you know, and be like, what does what is this trying to teach me? Is this healthy for me? Yeah. So it's trying to say maybe you need to learn more about delegating and mm -hmm. trusting mm -hmm. others and empowering your team to do well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's when I came, for example, with an initiative in my. Uh, in my organization, um, part of what we do is like we we give courses to our employees and part of employment even is not like you got busy periods and you got periods where it's less more quiet. Mm -hmm. And what I try to encourage everyone is like we buy them courses and we're like, look, when it's not quiet, I don't want you to pretend that you're busy. I don't want that whole shenanigans. No, just what do you want to learn? You're a designer. You want to learn how to make better logos because you like that. Okay, let's get you the best course on the market. And if we're quiet, just spend a couple of hours and teach yourself how to do that. You know, that constant self-learning. And I, that's what I want to encourage everyone to do. And to your question and to your point is just look about changes. Like look at your life around you, look at your problems. And that's generally going to tell you where you need to act in life. Mm, really, powerful. really beautiful, yeah, yeah, and powerful. What would you want to be remembered for or as in this life? Man, that's such a deep question, you know. Uh, whenever, you know, you try to face with a legacy question, it's like for us the ambitious yeah. guys, you know, it's like this big mountain that you think you got to climb. Because you have said uh, already about yeah. the educational system and that, yeah. but is that the biggest thing that you want to be remembered for or there is something else? No, not necessarily. I don't, I think that's just one of the... Uh, it's like one of those things that if there's no courageous people enough to take that sort of task, not a lot of people are going to move in that direction. Like, uh, like Elon Musk and Tesla, mm. he's on a mission to change the world. Part of it is because he loves that and he loves what he's doing. But part of it is because he realizes that if he doesn't try to do anything about green energy and Who facilitating, else? nobody else is going to do it. So I, I don't want to be remembered for that. I mean, that's just going to be a speck of dust in history. Uh, what I'm interested in more is like about the people around me. And I let's say, you know, you can get hit by a bus tomorrow, man. Yeah. 
So I'd like to know that part of me lives with like the people that I've spent time with. And mm. when they're say in a tough spot in life or anything, I just want to be that kind voice in their heads. who's like, Oh yeah. But Radu was like, he says I'm a great designer, so I, I should really focus on this and all that or whatever thing, whatever words mm. and acts of kindness I've done for people. I just want them to have that voice inside their head, which is like your brother telling you that everything's going to be fine. I guess that's what I want to be remembered for. Right. So uh, just changing a little bit the sub subject, would you consider being rich? As something selfish because we all know that money is the devil's yeah. advocate and all that uh, mess but would you agree with that or not absolutely not honestly and here's the thing that's when my life changed the moment where I realized that these are I think when we say money is the devil's eye and all that I think they're all conditionings from mm. our parents um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with being rich I think the way we think about trying to be rich and what riches brings is wrong. Mm. I think being wealthy uh, is a byproduct of being good at what you're doing. Like mm -hmm, we were talking mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. value earlier on. Yeah. So if you put money at the center of what you, you do, then definitely I would say that's wrong and you should revisit that. But I wouldn't give too much credit to those who say like all people that are rich are corrupt and all these. And that's actually one of the moments when my life turned around. I went to this seminar in London about financial education, uh, which really bled out all these sort of conditionings around me because it's the same as the oxygen mask, you mm. know, cash is oxygen for business. So if you want to make an impact, you know, you need good people mm. around you, you need smart people. Like again, Tesla hires the best engineers yeah. and the best people. Mm, because they can afford it. Yeah, because they can afford it. And as long as you keep true to yourself and your mission and what you're doing, cash can only accelerate that mission. Because look at Elon, he's so powerful now where he can take on world governments, you know, for doing something. He's going against the big petrol guys. Mm, I yeah. mean, there's no one more powerful in the world like that. And if you were if you didn't have the cash and the people around you, you know, like lawyers and all that, you'd be in a world of yeah. trouble because the world's not always a nice place and there's going to be some bad people wanting bad things. True. And as a man, you and anyone, entrepreneur, you have to be in a position of, of power to deal with these things. And if you don't aren't in an abundant mental state and financial state, you can't face that. And Definitely. I think that's one of the key things that's missing right now is financial education. And that's one of the first things that I would put in school. It's like internet would be first and second, it would be financial education because school doesn't teach us how to open a business, doesn't teach us how to pay a bill. And I think that's quite frankly, that's ludicrous in 2021. Yeah, I agree. Would you say that materialistic things are the things that will just stay in our way to be happy I mean or you not know, necessarily I've been at this retreat once uh, 14 days of meditation where you weren't even allowed to bring a pen and a piece of paper how is it called uh, well it's a uh, is it Vipassana? Vipassana, yeah. And we had so many guests mentioning it that yeah. if we do not go this year, well, <laughs> there's something wrong. Guys, if you practice it, definitely. It's, that, again, it was a life-changing experience. So uh, we were talking about psychedelics earlier. I think if you're sort of ambivalent about that, you should go and do this first because it was... I've done it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the first to admit. 
but it was almost the same thing. It, it just changed my life and my wow. perspective about pain thresholds and what I've been through. And yeah, not even having a pen and a piece of paper and sleeping on, not even on a mattress, but you would sleep on the floor and you would have 14 hours of meditation a day, uh, vegetarian food that was cooked by other volunteers there mm. that were part of the program, but they were at their second go. And that whole thing that there's just some random people who are not cooks, not anything. They were waking up earlier than we would wake at 4.30 in the morning to go bring us food. Mm -hmm. And then we would meditate for four hours and we would have breakfast ready because of these people. Like it teaches you gratefulness and all that. And in 14 days of that, like you realize you don't need your phone. You don't need a lot of things to be happy. You really don't need them. Yeah, they can enhance your experience. Of course, it's great because nowadays, you know, uh, my parents uh, lived abroad for many years and um, the only way you could stay in touch with them was like by phone or text message or all that. Imagine the times where kids like in the times of wars and everything, yeah. your brother would go mm. to war. You would no just communication, get a, only letters yeah. like once every month. <laughs> yeah, you'd get a telegram once yeah. a month that would be like he's alive or dead. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. And that, that was all the solace that mm. you would get, you know. So I think it's great that we can be close to people with these communication means that we have nowadays. But at the same time, that that experience, the Vipassana experience, definitely taught me that you don't need a lot of things uh, necessarily. Like, you can be very, live a very simple life. And I think, yeah, it does get into a way, in your way to a certain extent. Like, why why are all the big CEOs wearing mm. the same old sweater every oh, day? Oh, yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. you know? We were looking at the minimalistic yeah. rooms as well a few days yeah. ago, man. Like with all this fluff and like with all the fashion as well, I don't want to get yeah. very deep into it, but like there's so much, I guess, noise and things that just come into our mind because they are advertised at us and like yeah. they just keep us busy, busy from like actually seeing our truth and like seeing our actual potential. There's so much noise out there. Yeah. If you were to spend money, I would say don't spend it on material stuff money is only a means to enhancing your experience mm. so of life so go travel go travel as much as you can and educate yourself that's the two priorities and then you before you know it you have so much money you won't know what to do with it if you educate yourself especially around making smart financial decisions and travel so that you open your horizons and that's i that's i think in my opinion money well spent definitely rado it's been an absolute pleasure, but we really have to be mindful of our time and our audience time. Therefore, I'm just going to ask you the last question of the show. Take your time with it. You're basically on your deathbed. Yeah. You are just about to die. There's no pain involved. You just know that a few minutes from now, you're going to be on the other side. But right before that, you see and get to witness the best version of yourself. You look that person in the eye. How would you feel about yourself and about your life in that specific moment? Everything you've been through and getting to basically look into the eye of the best version of yourself that you could have become. Well, the first thing I would, I would try to give myself props for is like, congrats, man, for taking a swing at it. Because, hmm. you know... I'm an ambitious guy and I'm the first to know that I'm probably not going to achieve everything I set my mind to. Uh, but at the same time, I'll be like, I'll be the first to say, nice one, man. 
you went balls to the wall for it and you know you got there in the end and you've tried to give more than you receive and you've made as much impact as you could make as a little speck of dust in the universe because we always have to be mindful of the fact that we're just arriving and passing here it's not permanent so at the end of the day it's all of, you don't take anything with you other than the memories the experience i wish the reincarnation is true that would be really cool but presuming it's not then that was it and congratulate yourself for giving it a good run no would you regrets, would you say yeah. you would have yeah. any regrets I mean, we all do have regrets, but like like Gary Vee says, regrets are poison. I think regrets can hinder you from achieving what you like. Like you said, if I'm if I'm to look into the eye of my best future self, my best future self has no regrets, because then he wouldn't have become the best future yeah. self, because he just wallow in self pity. And I've been there, and a lot of people have been mm. there, and I don't wish that even to my worst enemy. Don't wallow in self self pity move on things didn't turn out the way you wanted just move on and go on to the next thing and yeah try to keep that best self in mind and keep in mind that every day that best self can change based on new mm -hmm. information that comes out new events you know so be mindful of that as well very deep beautiful <laughs> i mean it's Thanks. all about the mindset right yeah i mean regrets are also how you perceive them you can perceive them as some lessons yeah 100 or some think like you should have done and you didn't do it because you have done something else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you're never gonna be able to yeah. roll so yeah why beat yourself up for it yeah Rado again an absolute pleasure for me and most sure for Pasco as well and uh yeah before we let you go just if you can share again with our audience uh what can you do very briefly and where they can find you and how can you help them also that would be Thanks, really? guys. Yeah, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. Like, it was amazing. I think we had an amazing discussion. Uh, and I'm happy that we're at this place in the world that we can all share our friendly couch conversations yeah. and sort of try to enlighten people around. Uh, with that being said, you can find me on Instagram at It's Real Rads uh, uh, or The Gazelle Media. We work with small and medium businesses to try and help them get their vision for growth into reality in the modern age. Uh, and I work with individuals as well to change their mindset about how how it is when starting a business. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find us on our website, www.gazellemedia.net. And yeah, anywhere I think I'll be tagged and everything. So, Definitely. Uh, don't be afraid to just ask me random questions. Like I like talking mm. to people about random subjects. So we don't need to do business together. If you want to talk about, you know, psychedelic experiences, how to how to improve yourself. Just you, you got a friend here. So. Amazing, brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much once again, and thank you for our audience for sticking in. It's definitely been a ride for you all listening and watching. Uh, but yeah, with that said, thank you so much for being on. This and is Bogdan, and until next time, stay grateful. Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5-star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.